Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Happy Hanukkah. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Iron Real Estate. We are in our ninth year, believe it or not. Nine years. And we are still the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and the many ways that real estate touches our lives. <clears throat> I guess that's just about everything, not only where we live, but how we live and our family and friends. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jerry Feeney. Jerry is one of New York's as real estate attorneys, there are a few lawyers in the real estate business who are as knowledgeable and clever as Jerry Feeney. If you have legal issues and you'd like the advice of one of the top lawyers in the business, give us a ring at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. As always, our favorite and handsomest, that's not really where handsome is, is it? <laughs> Vice President of Citizens Bank and one of the most respected vo- voices in the mortgage industry nationwide is Ace Wanasuth Park. And he is with us. Ace is the master of mortgages and finance. If you have any issues or problems about getting a mortgage, you can call him right now at 866-970-9622. Again, 866-970-9622. Good morning, Dottie. Good morning, Ace. Good morning, guys. I just got off the phone with my agent, who I just fired. My, oh, my yeah. Well, because every you know, every time I call in, every time I get on the radio show, you guys are in Hawaii, <laughs> or Colorado. This morning, Miami, <laughs> and I'm sitting up here in New York. And I said to my agent, "What's what's going on? How come I never get on these trips?" How's well, how's the weather in New York, Jim? Yeah. Oh, it's balmy. It's 75 degrees and uh, sunny. Oh, okay. No, it's a it's a beautiful, crisp. Uh, Don't feel day. too bad. Don't feel too bad. It's been a little chilly in Florida, yeah. so it's yeah. not that. No, it's yeah, yeah. it's chilly. It's like, it's like eighty-two it's still chilly. Warmer. Oh, 82, yeah. <laughs> a chilly seventy. Yeah, chilly Ace 70. is sending me pictures of uh, of uh, Hilton, <laughs> uh, Paris Hilton, and all the fabulous parties he went to last night while well, he was asleep we're gonna at talk, Well, and... yes, <laughs> and I give him a lot of credit how he had he's here today. <laughs> Wait, Dottie, first I have to tell all of our listeners, um, I was actually at Jerry's house. He hosted a dinner, and he is an amazing cook. So just for all of our listeners, he's not just a professional, a legal professional, but he's actually an amazing chef oh, as so well. Jerry, maybe, amateur, maybe, so, Jerry, maybe you can do a cooking show. Yeah, yes, that's right. Recipe. That'll be my next career, the lawyer cooks. Maybe I'll the teach people how to cook by, by yelling at them, you know. No, the cooking, the, the, the cooking lawyer. Yeah. Okay. 
And, I think and, that and, could and have some legs on it, actually. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's got a nice ring to it, Dottie. Yeah. Right. Particularly yeah. if I use the same personality in law as I do in cooking, you know. See how that works <laughs> out. Of course, we have one of our favorite guests joining us at 11 a.m., Lois Weiss, and she's a columnist from the New York Post. There isn't anybody in New York who knows more about commercial real estate than Lois. She's got all the lowdowns on what retail shops are opening and where and all inside information of, on what Amazon is going to do for retail in Long Island City when it opens. Mm. And of course, I think it's a great thing, but there's still a lot of controversy about it, but we think it's great for New York. Of course, I always, we all would like to take a moment to thank Citizens Bank for their support. Not only is Citizens one of the biggest mortgage lenders in the Northeast, they have some great services that you can't find at any other bank. Do you want to shop safely online? I always worry about that. Citizensbank.com will tell you how. What about saving money on a road trip or how to build your work wardrobe without a hefty price tag? I need to learn that. Um, or how to keep safe using your public Wi-Fi. Simply go to citizensbank.com and you can do all of your banking and get some great tips all at the same place. You see, I like that. They, they really you can get banking and get all those tips. And I always worry about online, you know, if they're going to yeah. get my money or, you know, it's happened to me or a few times that I thank God we caught it. All I can tell you is you should call them at 800-922-9999. And that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because they're there when you need them, whatever time that may be. As always, I tell you to what happened in history. So today in history, December 8th, on December 8th, 1941, the United States entered World War II as Congress declared war against Japan one day after the attack of Pearl Harbor. On this day in 1980, John Lennon was assassinated under the archway of Dakota apartment building where Yoko Ono continues to live. I, I remember that. I, oh, I, yeah. I remember. It was yesterday. What year yeah. was that? Uh, 1980. Wow. And it was, what was that guy's name? It just. Mm, uh, John Hinckley. That's it, John Hinckley. Hinckley. And I, too bad that we just, remember all these uh, assassins' names. I hate that, but uh, we do. I know. know. You don't want to give them any. Notoriety. Yeah. But anyhow, well, was that was a horrible. Mentally. Horrible. Horrible. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he had any good reason. And in 1952, and I have to say, I still watch this show, and my daughter watches it, and everyone I know still watches the reruns. On this day in 1952, I Love Lucy, a pregnancy acknowledged on a TV show for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was so up until 1952, they never <laughs> yeah. acknowledged a pregnancy. Well, because well, that would then acknowledge sex, and we didn't want to acknowledge that. And yeah, and, if you, and it, I don't know if you remember the beds. Yeah, they had They twin. would have twin beds put together because they weren't allowed to have on yeah. TV yeah. like a regular bed that yeah. was a full bed. Yeah. Now so they, they have were separate like, bedrooms, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, really... Um, it's still that show that is if, still funny. It still lasts. It still is. Years. She's yeah. she's you know Howard Ricky. It was just a great show. Ricky. Yeah, it's timeless. <laughs> if you were born today, you share your birthday with Sammy Davis Jr., the American performer, famous oh. for his singing and what a dancer he was and comedy routines. And he was born in 1925. And most important. Uh, the immortal Jim Morrison of The Doors. Now that mm -hmm. I remember very, I mean, I used to listen to The Doors all the time. Yeah, he was I love born the Doors. in 1943. 
He would be 76 years old today. 76. Wow. He died young. I know. So this is the week of Art Basel, and that's where Ace and I am. Art Basel Miami um, is part of a global network of art fairs that have transformed the world's wide art market. Tens of thousands of artists, gallery owners, art collectors, celebrities, and hanger-oners are in Miami this week for Art Basel <laughs> in Miami Beach. Now it's the 16th year Art Basel Miami is perhaps known better for the party scene. And it really is a party scene. It attracts the four deals that, it attracts that, the, it attracts actually more parties than I think deals. Um, it's renowned for its highly decadent parties, the explosion of the art market, and the combination of tropical climate, Latin American lustiness, and loads of luxury hotels. Um, people come from all over, from North and South America, but also from Europe, has come. And um, you don't have to be rich. You can always find a hotel a little further away, and you can get a day pass for to, to see all the art at, I think, $50. Um, yeah. the cheapest. And a little tip that someone told me, the art Basel ends on Sunday. And if you're seriously looking to buy art, um, that's the best day to go because that, that's the end. And some of the artists will sell everything, you know, things a lot cheaper so they don't have to bring it back. So if you're seriously looking for art um, and you didn't buy it already, yeah, that's a good you tip. should go Sunday. And this week, um, Douglas Elliman which was for six years, we've been um, sponsoring um, the Art Basel. We display some of our many new developments, which are like fine art. And we host a series of, the, of events, uh, beginning to showcase in the Collector's Lounge in the Art Fair. Element is working with Art Factor, which is furnishing the New York Brokerage's new development gallery, and including a virtual reality presentation. And this already happened. Yeah. Um, Element, we, I think we, 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 we display it, so come and see our displays in the convention center. Uh, and we also, you know, we're very serious about our work, but we're also very serious about work hard and have fun. So we try to have fun, and we had a great big party at the rooftop of The One on Thursday night. It's beautiful, was, Daddy. Know, yeah. So many people. And I just want to say this. Uh, Douglas Element is a special company. I mean, it's like when you meet, when you go, you see people from all all the Douglas Elements all over, and it's kind of like a big family, it's like right? A big family, I mean, yeah. Just everyone just, from LA to Florida to Boston, yeah. New York. So I am going to give you some tips on Miami uh, Beach in a little while um, because we're here. So I'll tell you some. I'm going to give you some tips on Florida. I'm going to take a question in a second. Um, but I just want to tell you later on the show, I'll have some smart reasons. You should buy a house during the holidays. And uh, I have many pros and cons of, of things that you should do and how you should show your properties during the holidays. But remember something, if you're, if you're getting a customer who's looking to buy a home the next couple of weeks, you know they're serious. Make sure you take that seriously because people usually are busy now and put it off until after the uh, beginning of the year. So really people that are very, very serious, you might have less buyers now, but they're very serious. Okay. Before I go on, I tell you a, a little bit about 
Florida and what to expect in 2019 because I know a lot of New Yorkers and Northeastern are thinking of buying second homes there or maybe retiring there. Let me take a call from Jimmy from Long Island City. Hi, Jimmy. Jimmy, are you on the line? Jimmy, you're on the air. Hello. Go ahead, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Yes, yes. I own this house, and uh, we're thinking of selling, but we don't have a certificate of occupancy, and I'm not sure. I, I believe it's required, but I don't know what I, it entails with a, a real estate lawyer or cost or anything like that. Am I where's, correct in that belief? Where's the house located? Yes. Is the house which? Where's the house located, Jimmy? Oh, in Queens, Astoria. Queens. What was it? Perhaps built before 1932. Yes, it was built in 1906. Okay, so certificate of occupancy laws didn't come into play in New York City until 1932. So the rule is that if your house was built before then, and has been in continuing use without change to use or configuration, then you don't need a certificate of occupancy and the Department of Buildings will issue what's called a letter of no objection to confirm that. So what that means is <clears throat> if in the 1950s you converted or someone converted the house from a one-family to a two-family, then that would have triggered the obligation to go get a certificate of occupancy. So the Department of Buildings will go, <clears throat> will go through its records and see, and if in 1910 the records had it as a one-family and now it's a three-family, then uh, – and – that was done post-1932, then they're going to require a CFO. But most likely, you're fine. Um, just ask your lawyer or real estate agent to get a letter of no objection from the Department of Buildings, but and if, that's all the buyer would need. But if I'm correct, if you added an addition, you don't have – like if you added some additions or exactly. sometimes if you added – if you had like put a, a porch in the back, like you know, just an overhang that wasn't there, it's not only converting – so what Jerry's saying is if you left it the way it was when you bought it, you added nothing, but did you add any additions or did anything happen? Your did you do anything? Yeah. Did anyone do anything to the house to change the configuration or maybe add a porch or a patio or something outside? Do you know what they did? Jimmy, you there? Yes, uh, I'm having a bad connection, but okay. uh, there have been some changes. There was electricity done. There was a bathroom uh, renovated. Yeah, that's probably uh, that's not going to be it, enough. I believe. That's probably not going to be enough to trigger the CFO obligation. Yeah. Generally, has I to mean, be technically. Good. Yeah. Technically, you're supposed to tell everything that you've ever did, even if you renovated a bathroom. But I think if all you did was renovate a bathroom and didn't put an extra bathroom in, I don't think I think I would agree with Jerry. Now that's a di it's a different issue as to whether or not you needed a permit for that work. That still is applicable. That has nothing to do with the C of O. So you may have needed a permit for that work, and whether you did or didn't do that is a different issue entirely. But as for the C of O, you're probably okay. But have your lawyer ask for a letter of no objection from the Department of Buildings and. Well, uh, I appreciate you know your help, everything, but you know the connection was so bad that uh, I'm gonna have to. Contact the that. attorney because uh, it, it, you know, I missed too much. Okay, uh, but thank you so much. Great show. I love it. <laughs> okay, you can call Jerry. 
Um, but, but, but just so everybody knows, you do, um, a CEO has to, like, it could be anything that you added extra to the house. So if you put a built-in pool or you put, like, just a cement slab patio or you, 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 you maybe made a front porch or something like that or you did a little extension, those kind of things you need COs. Um, when I bought one of my houses, one of my first houses, um, I wasn't aware that they had put this point, or they didn't tell me that they just put this patio in. And the bank actually closed with, you know, in escrow. We had to hold, they had to hold money in escrow until they got the CEOs. But if you're looking to sell your house, I would advise you, I'm sure Jerry would tell you the same, you should really make sure that you get that, all that paperwork done and in place um, so that you don't have to start because it could take a while. Correct, Jerry? Correct. Absolutely. Time can cure things, but it sometimes takes time to do it. Yes. Yes. Now, I, I, I told you that I would tell you a little about uh, Florida. I don't know if that's a call on them online, too, or not. I can't tell, but if it is, somebody will have to let me know. Um, for those of you who ask all the time, and hopefully we're going to start to do a couple of, you know, every month or month and a half, we'll do a show on Florida or some of the retirement places. Uh, but a lot of people are looking to move to a warmer climate or have a second home there. And so the factors that affect, that you should look at, affect any real estate. Um, so when you look at the market, you look at the population, the economy, and the employment. Okay, because those two, those three things, if those are good, you know, you're, you're more than likely going into a place that's a safe place to buy. Uh, now, take that and let me translate that to Florida. Florida's population, by the way, Florida is the third most populous state after California and Texas. All the states have rising real estate markets that are driven by large population growth. And there's been a large population growth in Florida. So that's a check mark on the plus. Its economy, uh, Florida's real estate market trends, um, and it's affected tremendously uh, the economy by record-breaking tourism, and that's growing and growing and growing. The tourism sector of Florida is very big and has boosted the overall economy. Florida hit the one trillion mark in 2018. Florida has the fourth largest economy, respectfully, after California, Texas, and New York. So economy-wise, sounds good to me. Jobs makes, top, makes the top in the top 10 states for job growth, and it's predicted to increase in 2019 and probably stabilize by 2021. And it does attract foreign, um, a lot of foreign investors also. And so, again, if you're not looking to retire, you have to look at the job market of where you're going to move. And, of course, like anything else, there are areas and there are areas, and Florida is a big state. In the last two years, too, Dottie, there's been a huge surge in tech companies coming into Miami. There's a huge surge in tech companies? Yes, coming into Miami. Yeah, well, we can, we'll, 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 I think we have to take a commercial break, but we'll, just continue with a little more about Florida, and then hopefully next year we'll start getting into specific parts of Florida. I'll give you some highlights after the commercial break. We'll be right back.
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here in the studio with Ace Water-Suparp and Jerry Feeney. And, of course, uh, we have Lois Weiss, who will be joining us at 11 o'clock. She is... uh, does all the commercial real estate for the post. She knows everything about commercial real estate. And we were just talking about Florida. For those of you who are thinking of it, or um, um, I looked up some of the predictions for 2019. Uh, and of course, it's very good for Florida. The market's heating up. And um, remember, Florida has no state tax. So that's A plus. <clears throat> and it has the Homestead Act, which means um, if you go bankrupt, um, in a lot of states, like, they can take your home. In Florida, they cannot touch your house, no matter what, you know. So you could go bankrupt in Florida and keep your house, which is a plus. Um, Miami leads the way. Okay, Miami leads the way as far as the um, market. It's six consecutive years of price growth in Miami, if you can believe that. And... Uh, People always say that they feel good in Miami Beach. Um, listen, we're here in Miami Beach now, and it's a scene, and uh, it does feel good. I don't know if I'd want to do it on a steady diet. Um, it really depends. Um, it stays lighter longer. I don't know if you know this, but it stays lighter longer in the winter in Miami Beach than in most other places because the city lies closer to the equator than any other resort in the continental United States. And Miami is only 7.1 square miles with less than 100,000 residents. So in some ways, it's a small town. Yeah. Um, uh, it's had, it has had a 4.9 growth this year. Orlando has had a big growth, like 5.3, I think. Naples has grown. Tampa, Sarasota. Um, there's a lot of different places. Uh, I think Boca has gone up. And I think Lauderdale, which took a dip for an, a while, has come really back in a big way. There's a lot of new development going on there. And, uh, so there's, I, I, there's so many different places. And the thing with Florida is, unless you really have friends that all live in a certain place, there's so many different places to move, which are all very different. So my suggestion to those of you who have not picked out an area, because once you pick out where you want to live, then you can really then hone into the market there. I think you need to rent or you know rent something and go around and look through areas, drive through them, get a feel for them, see if the things that you like are there, because obviously there's a lot of outdoor stuff and there's some places that are better for fishing than others. There's some places that have alligators and fish are interested. Um, no. So I think that if you're a snow, you really should. I always tell people rent first if you don't know the area. And then when you rent, um, then you can say different areas. And of course they all have different price points. You can get some very cheap properties in Florida and you can spend 10, 20 million. I mean, it's a big range. Uh, so, but I think the economy is going to look good. And remember the tax situation, which we go through all the time. If you're a lot of, if you're thinking of moving there as a permanent residence, you really have to look up the tax situation and make sure that you're able to do that. 
Uh, but it's very strong, and it seems that as the baby boomers age, they can't take the cold. So they seem to go well, there more. They're very delicate. They're delicate. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's it. And next, you know, we'll, we'll try to cover next year a few different cities, every, you know, every, every month or so, because they're so different that it's hard to do them on one show. I did some research on the priciest real estate markets in the world. Mm -hmm. And this month, um, the consulting firm Webster <laughs> Pacific partnered with New World Wealth, and they did the research. And I won't give you them all because it'll be too long, but the top 10 U.S. cities and towns ranked by dollar per square meter, which how do I convert that? So I'll just tell you, but the number one place in 2018, so this is the most expensive, was New York City. Then it was Pebble, Pebble Beach, Monterey, <laughs> L.A., San Francisco, Miami, Palm Beach, the Hamptons, Vegas, Lake Tahoe, and Aspen. All the usual and, candidates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah Vegas, you know, we need what? some new candidates in it, right? <clears throat> yeah, I was surprised to see Vegas there. Yeah, me yeah, too. Me too. I don't. I, I. I. wonder that. But who knows? Um, and top worldwide residential markets ranked by dollar per square meter uh, was number one was Monaco. Yes. Yeah, that always wins. Always wins. But we. But New York City is right behind them at number two. Is New York really? City in the world? Yes. Wow. Yes, and it beat London. Oh, Usually, wow. Num yeah, that's London, surprising. London. Yeah. So it's Monaco, New York City, London, St. More than Singapore, Hong Kong, all those places? Where, yeah, Hong Kong yeah. is like six. Huh. Then Geneva, Lake Cuomo. Um, yeah. Yeah, Geneva is very expensive. I didn't really, wow, amazing that New York is number two on that list. Yeah. Number two. Well, that tells you what prices have uh, done. Yeah. Uh, and also, but when, when prices go up, just so you, you realize something, I mean, if you can buy some things for nothing, that means nobody wants to really live there. Now, that might be nice. I mean, I mean, sometimes people want to have tons of land and nothing around it. Or there's, like, you know, if you go upstate New York, you'll see tons and tons of land. I knew, and the land, the land. I knew she was going to pick on okay. New York. Yeah. Well, I'm not picking on it. My hometown. No, Very it's true, Dottie. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so you could build a house there for the land is so inexpensive. Yeah, I mean, so where I grew up, like it was... It was, you know, 3% appreciation was normal, maybe 2 And it's been like that for for decades. It just never changes. It's stable. It's very stable. Yeah. It's, you know, usually doesn't, you know, drop down. It doesn't go up. Much. It doesn't go down. Yeah, it just kind of sits there kind of flat, you know, which yeah. is fine. But what, it, I'm, you know. what I'm saying, yeah, is that people need to, I think especially now, I think years ago, maybe in World War II generation, it was all about people were – coming from the city and coming from apartments and their, their, their parents came to Ellis Island and they, um, and then when their kids got out of world war two, they had the GI bill and they, you know, they gave veterans housing with zero money down. So people bought homes and they bought homes to raise families and live in. Um, I think also now a uh, home is more of a lifestyle, you know? And so therefore I think it's really important to look at the lifestyle that you want. Um, and the lifestyle that will make you happy. And some people like to be in a town or a village. Some people want to be 
far away from a town or a village. You know, so you have to kind of look at that and look at the things that the city has to offer. Um, and if you have children, of course, schools are really important. So if you have children, it's, I always advise you to look up the school reports and then go to the school yourself. Um, so really, it's a big investment. Um, I think real estate is a good investment. Um, I know you can make millions in the stock market. I, however, have never been that lucky. <laughs> Not this week. Uh, but you, but, <laughs> Not this week. No. But, but what I'm saying is real estate doesn't <clears throat> usually just drop overnight. Uh, it, it, you, you, you'll see it coming down. And unless you have an event like 9-11 or something like that, and God forbid we ever have that again. So real estate, and really the only people that ever really got hurt with real estate were those people that bought at the height and had to sell, had to sell. after it dropped or who took so much equity out of their homes that when they needed to sell them, there was no equity left. And, and, and that's Ace is talking about, you know, equity loans are big, but I don't even think they'll let you borrow no. the same amount of money that you could then. So I thought that was uh, interesting uh, to know. Also, I, since we have Christmas coming, um, I thought this was interesting information. Um, this was a study of the average cost of Christmas. And it was reformed, reformed by the National Retail Federation. And they say Americans will be spending more money on gifts in 2018 than they did last year. And for all the retailers, I'm sure they're very happy about that. The Gallup reports that U.S. adults estimate that they will spend approximately $885 on gifts this year, slightly lower than 2017's expectation. Okay, 33% expect to spend at least $1,000 on gifts. 22% expect to spend between $500 and $1,000. 29 $100 to $500. And 3% plan to spend less than $100. However, 8% say they will spend nothing for gifts and 5% are unsure. So that's um, a thing. And these are just expectations of gifts. They're, they're kind of fun. Holidays sales are expected to increase to 4.8%. And that's good for our retailers, as I said before. In 2001, the average plan spending was $1,000. Okay? After the recession, it was only 417 Okay? And now it's way back up again. Dottie, I think we have a break. I, 866-970-9622. We'll be back right after the break. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. And again, um, I wanted to finish up with a few Christmas uh, little things because we're in the, it doesn't feel like Christmas in uh, Miami. I must say uh, there's nothing like Christmas in New York. And for those of you who live anywhere near New York, I mean, just to come in, even though it's pretty chilly, the stores are beautiful. The tree is great. The ice skaters. I mean, I don't think there's any better place to 
you Christmas. And then when I'm in Miami, I'm like, this doesn't feel like Christmas. But uh, do you know that there's a town, in case you really love Christmas, you might want to move to the town. It's called Christmas, and it's in Florida. I have no idea in Florida where it is. Where? I will try to find (laughs) it out. I will Google it for the next break. But it is in Florida. And there is a town in the Mojave Desert, and it's called Santa Claus. So if you like Santa... Not a bad idea. There are two North Poles, one in Idaho and one in Alaska. So um, if you like the North Pole, you can find a town. There's a town called Mistletoe in Kentucky. Um, Jerry, this is for you. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a place called Eggnog. <clears throat> eggnog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know how I love eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> and in Arizona, there's a town called Humbug. Okay, <laughs> that, we found yeah, it on the map. Okay, so where is it? Bah my, 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 my great tech. Man. Wait, where is it on the? Where is it by Orlando? By Orlando. It's by yeah. Orlando, Santa Claus. By the way, so you could go to Disneyland Disney also. Yeah. It's a close ride. Oh, Just, okay. I, okay, so listen, why not? And speaking of Christmas, kind of a funny story. Uh, this is a true story. There was an Idaho family who just won $75,000 in a lawsuit after they claimed their homeowners association discriminated against them for religious beliefs when they tried to stop them hosting an annual five-day-long nativity event that attracted thousands of people. I, I get why the homeowners association... Thousands of people? Thousands. They planned five days, okay, not just one, five yeah. days of elaborate Christmas lights Live animals and imagine? music. Hymns and Santa Claus is drawing, <laughs> oh, in thousands, drawing in thousands of people each year and raising money. What they did is they raised money for cancer patients. No, that's lovely. Nice... That's lovely. But do it, do it somewhere. Not, you know, now, you wait, have to get permission to do be- that stuff. But yeah. it gets better. It gets oh, better. Really? The family, the, camels. <laughs> the family even arranged a shuttle bus. And city-approved parking for guests and took out insurance for the event. Okay, well... The neighbors, of course, hated it. And I understand that. I understand why. One member of the Homeowners Association said it attracted a crowd from... I don't want to say what store. (laughs) I don't want to... But it was was not a nice remark. Meaning not nice, not good Uh people. But a jury... Uh, unanimously agreed with Jeremy and Christy Morris, known for putting on a festive extravaganza in five days leading up to Christmas each year. After evidence showed there was an Ebenezer Scrooge among the H, the homeowners associations. Now, remember, when you join a homeowners association, you always have to worry there's a Scrooge. I know my brother was in one, and he had a little radio listening to some music, and the homeowners association had community pool and they started yelling at him and they wrote him up and he had oh, to go before oh, he, he was so mad okay so i, I guess there i was can a, imagine your brother all right that. they say it was a scrooge but look i could understand it's five days and that's a lot of people but they um, won this case the the the, the homeowner scrooge, the-, the scrooge among the homeowner members threatened to sue them if they tried to hold the event again this christmas Right. The homeowners association wrote to them that the Christmas extravaganza filled the neighborhood with hundreds of people and possibly undesirables. And they said, we have worked hard to keep our area peaceful, quiet, and clean. And finally, I am somewhat hesitant in bringing up the fact that some of our residents are non-Christians or of another faith. 
But the jury awarded 60,000 compensatory damages and 15,000 punitive damages. Hmm. Morris, who is a lawyer, won his claim. But the neighbors who wanted him out will get their wish as he now wishes to live in another neighborhood. And Jerry, I was going to send him your address. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I think the uh, I think the the winter nativity thing would be much better than the Hamptons, with camels coming across your lawn. And after all, your house is not done yet, so we could still store the animals uh, there <laughs> since it's kind of open air still. I just, I mean, it's unbelievable. I can't believe they won. I have to read that case. That doesn't sound right to me. Wow, well, it's another state, so who knows? Oh, yeah. and I. Um, I have a question for everyone that they're probably not going to guess. I, I was supposed to do it before, and I just uh, forgot to ask. What country in the world has the largest home ownership rate, would you guess? And Ace, you can't tell because yep. you read this already. I think it's the U.S. Let's see, Jerry. No. Nope. No. You are wrong. If you were in jeopardy, you would lose. <laughs> yeah, Alec okay? Trebek would <laughs> I would never go on that show. I would be humiliated. Okay. <laughs> what is uh, the U.S.? <laughs> okay. No, the U.S. has never even come close really? to being number mm-hmm. one. Not even close historically, because in other countries, it's much more common to rent. Oh, and, new, and 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 actually, the United States, the majority of households are rentals. Renting, if you can believe that. <clears throat> The incidence of home ownership across the EU is typically greater than the home ownership rate in the United States. Also, people who own homes in Europe countries don't usually have mortgages because they're not allowed to take out. I don't think Ace like uh, the mortgages like we can take out. European countries with higher rates of home ownership also have greater shares of homeowners without a housing loan or a mortgage. So even without a mortgage, they have a higher rate of home ownership. Which How do I they do that? Really didn't know. That was uh, compiled by European Mortgage Federation. The 28 countries in the European Union have owner occupancy rates that exceed the home ownership rate in the United States. Can hmm. you believe that? Only five I... countries across the European Union, the United Kingdom, France, Denmark, Austria, and Germany had owner occupancy rates below the 65% homeowner rate, which is what the United States has. Hmm. Okay? So now, you want to guess what's got the high? You will never guess this. Yeah, you'll never this guess it, This would be it, like Jerry. a million-dollar question. Guess okay, what, what's the question? Guess the where highest? the highest rate of homeownership was. Now, we know it's not the United States, and I okay. just said that United Kingdom, France, Denmark, Austria, Germany had a homeowner right. occupancy rate below 65. So that's a clue. Okay, okay. so I gave uh, you some hint. Uh, Monte Carlo. Wrong. Nope. Gong. I don't have the gong bell, okay? <laughs> Listen to this. Now, for those of you who are listening to the show, you should use this to sound so smart. At the high end, Romania, Lithuania. Romania. Yes. Romania, <laughs> Lithuania, Slovakia, and Hungary had homeowner occupancy rates greater or equal to 90%. Jerry, don't laugh. Romania was actually 96%. Nine, can you I'm believe not it? I'm laughing at Romania. I'm just shocked. I mean, what, who would have ever thought, you know, I mean, I, I don't hate Romania. I don't have any problems with Romania. It just doesn't seem like a bastion of 
home ownership. Now, if you want to make a bet with somebody, exactly. you can pretty make sure that your bet you'll win because nobody will guess. That. Only four percent right. rent in that country is that amazing. Only four huh. percent. Only four percent rent. That's. I wonder why. I have to find out what. I'm looking it up right a, now because well, I'm. Ace, 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 I, I, I hear Jerry Bank. typing it up I'm right now. I'm here. Uh, Citizens uh, Bank uh, should open up. A, a, I know. Oh, uh, you should tell them they should open up a little branch there. Exactly. Since everybody bought. <laughs> Jerry's looking you, it up Jerry, right now. You need to open an office there, Dottie. Well, and and Citizens needs to open up a branch. <laughs> Okay, and and they're usually safe loans because I don't think they can borrow as much. There. Oh, oh, Jerry, here's, here's the answer. Here's how it happened. They cheated. So oh, after uh, after the uh, de. Did you have to ruin my fun? No, <laughs> I just want to explain fun. to our listeners yes. who are probably interested, as we all are, how they ended up on the top after the uh, you know the. Uh, decentralized and privatized, you know, with the de- with the fall of the Soviet Union, of which Romania was part of that block, they basically almost anyone with a job could buy their apartment at some reasonable price as part of a state program. Loans were not required, um, so basically you just they took all the state-owned apartments and homes and allowed the people that were living in them as part of the state program to just buy them at some reasonable price without a loan. So there you go. So Jerry, are you so are you saying Alex. they they cheated? They cheated. Is that what you're they saying? They should do that <laughs> in the U.S. Oh yeah. Okay? yeah. Oh Jerry, I have a I, okay. can't even pay so our bills. Have, <laughs> so so now I have a question. Uh-huh. Okay. And by the way, you have to keep giving. At you can call us at eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two if you have any thoughts about the new Amazon campus coming to Long Island City that's going to have 25,000 jobs. If you have a point of view on that, good or bad, there's no right or wrong, by all means, call us. But, Jerry, I have a question for you, and I have a couple for everyone. But here's one for you, Jerry. Dear Jerry, as a Christmas gift, I want to give my house in the Catskills. Notice they asked you this question because they know you're from the upstate. Uh Yeah. Okay, I want to give my house in the Catskills to my two closest friends. Give it. That's a nice, yes. Now, that's a nice friend. That's a great okay. friend. I read, the, mm-hmm. I read the tax laws about giving your house to a relative. But what about giving your house to a non-relative? Will I have to pay taxes on the gift for me? Okay, so the answer is it doesn't matter whether it's a relative or non-relative other than a spouse. One of the benefits, uh, there are benefits and not benefits to being married, but the benefits is that you can give unlimited gifts to your spouse at any time um, without paying any gift tax, without any tax filing. Um, so, But anyone else, whether it's a relative or not a relative, uh, is treated the same way under the tax law, and it's the giver of the gift that has the tax obligation. So if you give your home and it's worth $100,000, to two friends, 50,000 each, then I think the first 18,000 now, or what is it, 15 or 18,000 per year is tax-free. And then the the rest goes against your uh, lifetime, what they call the lifetime exemption. During your lifetime, you can give as much as you could give at death tax-free under the federal. And by the way, friend, that's a good, good gift. Well, it's a nice house. Maybe it's a... I have a a dear Dottie question. A woman came to the open house the real estate was holding at my home with a dog she said was a comfort dog. Mm -hmm. 
The dog urinated. That's not the word she used in this. <laughs> but she used a different word, but I am cleaning it up. Well, she the dog wanted to be urinated. The dog, the dog urinated on my, on my carpet, <laughs> and the woman disappeared out the door. <laughs> Who should pay for the carpet cleaning? Me or the real estate agent? See, this teed is off why. in Poughkeepsie. This is why okay, I can never bring my dogs to an open house. <laughs> teed off in Poughkeepsie. I think the real estate should pay for I, it. I think so, too. Yes. Don't you think so? Yeah, I mean, okay. I, they should just offer. I mean, it's not even a matter of who's right and who's wrong. I mean, they were holding the open house. And, you know, I, I, it's an interesting question as to whether someone with a, a legitimate service animal could come in a private home that's being open to the public for an open house. I, I'm guessing the homeowner could, could say within their rights, no, and it would not be in violation. But I'm not 100% sure of that, but I think they could. Um, you know, I have a quick the- question. <laughs> Okay, well, I think they should. And I think that if you have a dog and it pees, excuse my language, but if it <laughs> urinates on somebody's carpet, then I had that happen in the Hamptons with a renter. And it was a very expensive home. And they rented it for a week. And it, the, the man had a little dog. It was like five pounds. But mm-hmm. the guy said, he, oh, the renter said, oh, he ruined my carpets. And they had a big fight and they wouldn't give the security back. I ended up paying it. Okay. And the, I, because I couldn't take it anymore. Anyhow, you know, quick the question about, before. The thing about dogs, Dottie, is they, they love expensive carpets. They don't want to go yeah. on the floor or on well, the tile. They, well, they want to go on the carpet. Can you blame them? No, it's comfortable. Them? feels good yeah. on the boat. Right. They're, they're claiming their turf. Okay. We, you know, we have Lois White right after the, the news, but let me put a quick one. Um, I want to put my house up for sale, but I don't want the broker to put up a for sale sign for various reasons. I don't like to be reminded every time I go in and out. I'm a private person. How important is a for sale sign? Uh, do people driving really ask to see your house? Isn't everything done on the internet? Well, everything is done on the internet, but I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. If somebody sees your sign, they are sold on the area. They are sold on the exterior. Okay. And it's usually a very good customer. Unless they don't like the interior, it's not big enough. So for sale signs to me. I agree. Are very important. Can't hurt. Very Cut it important. Up. Just don't look at it when you go in the house if it bothers you. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if you really want to sell your house, put a sign up. We'll be back with Lois White um, from the Post. Um, he's going to talk about Amazon moving to Long Island City and what's going on with commercial real estate. We'll be right back after the break. 866 970 9622. I guess we have some news for you. Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 